We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here, right now, into your present moment. And exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, Dojo family. I am so excited to be back on the other side of Burning Man. It was quite the ride. Wow. I don't even know where to begin. So why don't we begin by taking just a couple breaths together and opening the deepest space of receiving that is available in this moment together. So let's exhale all the air out. And inhale all the way to the bottom of the belly. Inhale. Holding the breath at your root, just feeling your root point connecting to the earth connecting to your seat, arriving fully in this now moment, wherever you are in the world and exhale. And one more deep down belly breath, inhale all the way to the bottom of the belly, inhale. And just taking this moment of presence for yourself, stillness for yourself and opening to receive and exhale. Beautiful. Thank you for taking a moment with me to just become available. I honestly have no idea what wants to come through today. And so my desire is that all the ears that are listening are just open and available to receive whatever wants to come through that is truly emergent in this moment. And essentially my intention on this dojo podcast episode is to transmit my lessons from the burn. What did I learn from Burning Man this year? And it was quite the initiation. It was so full. It's a ceremony within itself. The entire process of going to Burning Man is a ceremony from the decision of where to camp, who to camp with, how you're going to do it, and the entire journey there 
throughout the actual time that you're present at the burn and then the exodus on the way out, there are lessons and expansion points the whole way through. And so I feel like I want to really invite you into the space of the microcosm that Burning Man represents relative to life. And my prayer is that as I share with you what I learned inside the microcosmic ceremony, even though it's a very large, it's not very micro, it's it's a very large field, but it does represent a microcosmic example of life if we choose to hold it that way. And you can really choose to hold any experience that's within a container. Like if you're going to a weekend retreat or you're going to a weekend concert series or a weekend festival or a week-long festival like Burning Man, you can choose as a creator to set the intention to receive that particular container of time that you're creating for yourself as a ceremony as an emergent field for you to learn and to grow. And when you hold it with intention and prayer, it becomes a dojo. It becomes a transformational arena. So I just want to name that because as I share about what I've learned at Burning Man, this is not just an opportunity to receive my particular learnings or my particular lessons. This is an opportunity to receive how these lessons land in your own life. And then how can you create emergent fields and containers in your own experience that you can work with intentionally in order to evolve. It's like you're partnering up with life and you're letting go of the need to control how that evolution is going to happen. But through your intention, through being intentional about how you do anything, you're able to actually collaborate with life force energy that will bring in the specific characters, catalysts, triggers that will serve your soul's evolutionary growth and expansion at this time. And that is what I experienced at Burning Man. I went into this week-long ceremony that is Burning Man with strong intention. I went into this field with the intention to release what no longer serves, to release any further layers of sadness or grief without a pressure on it, right? But just allowing my heart to continue forward and and even open to quantum leaping, right? In the process I've been in around heartbreak and relationship transition, I went in with the intention to receive myself at the next level of the game, however that looks. I went in with the intention to connect very deeply with myself, with new and old friends, and with life force energy as a whole. I went in with the intention to experience myself as sovereign. You know, I've been in relationship for the last five years, nearly, there was only three months between my prior two partners. So for the last five years, for the most part, I've been in deep relationship. And so this was also an opportunity for me to experience who it is that I've become through the incredible growth spurt that happens in any deeply devoted relationship container. Those mirrors are strong. So we grow massively in union. You're being mirrored constantly. And so I got to take this Zahara, this new me, who I've become over the last five years, out for a ride as a sovereign being. And so there was an intention there for me to receive myself as sovereign and, and really experience who it is that I've become through the reflection that is 
the container of Burning Man in all of its variety of forms. And I got my intention on so many levels and I'm excited to share what that looked like for me today. And again, my my prayer for all of you listening is that you receive this through the lens of how these learnings impact your own life and also how you can create these containers for expansion in your own life and really work with your life, the forms of your life as your own living dojo to grow and to expand and to experience yourself as the center point creator of it all, rather than the victim who is a at you know circumstance, is a function of the circumstances that are happening to you. No, you're the center point creator that is drawing every experience that you're having into your field because it's serving you on one level or another. So first with Burning Man, I want to talk about Phase one for me, the first couple days, I really got to experience how the potency of a field like Burning Man, where there's tens of thousands of people present with strong intention, how that field really speeds things up. So for the first couple of days, I experienced what I would call a purge. (laughs) So I had a lot of fun connecting with friends and there was this like low level increasing sensation of pain in my heart. And of course, I feel that's connected just to the, the string of heartbreak energy that I had been experiencing over the last couple of months. And it was like this increasing sensation of release. And the release came through an interesting catalyst where I found myself at Burning Man, surrounded by incredible friends and single. And so I felt quite magnetic. And in that magnetism, I was attracting a lot of male attention, you know, where I got to really experience that, you know, in in that strong of a way for the first time, really, since I met my most recent partner. So that was an experience for me that felt really mixed. (laughs) It felt beautiful in the first few days because it was really healing and a powerful mirror for me to feel that raw magnetism that I'm able to source and actually feel myself reflected with, you know, attraction energy and, and desire and like really being able to play in that and feel that. And then on the other side, as this kind of feeling, the sensation of pain in my heart was growing, the feeling of other men, you know, pinging me and being attracted to me while it felt really good. It also increased this pain in my heart because in many instances, I didn't feel that same level of reciprocity. Like I didn't feel the same level of draw that I felt in my recent romantic partnerships over the last five years with my most recent partner and my partner before that. So what it did initially was bring up this feeling of missing, like there was attraction energy there, but as this pain in my heart was coming up and wanting to be released, it felt like this sensation of some comparison came up. Like I was like, well, this isn't the same. This isn't the thing, you know, this, I got to see where I was holding still this expectation of, of partnership. And kind of the tracking system in me tracking for my next partner, rather than just being present to the juice of what was there in every single moment. And so I got to 
see that. It was like this illumination of, oh, wow, my system is really geared towards tracking for partnership. And then I got to sit with, do I really even, is that appropriate right now? Does that feel true for me right now in this phase after having just come out of, you know, five years, almost nearly straight of deep romantic union and partnership, or does it serve me right now to just learn how to date, (laughs) like learn how to be single for a period of time. So I got to see that kind of orientation and sit with, can I just enjoy each individual moment of attraction? And then also feel where it brought up that grief. It brought up that missing and not make that wrong. And so I got to give myself space. And this is also what I want to start to point at it began my attunement to flow. It began my attunement to flow. So because this, it was like this contrast between having so much fun and feeling juice and dancing and attraction and how that brought up this feeling of missing and comparison and grief. I actually noticed where my system was starting to get caught up in the momentum of my group of friends and all the incredible people around me that were in their own flow. Right. So there's an aspect of me that wants to flow and journey around with all my closest friends. And in those first couple of days, the truth is that's just not where I was at. I actually needed to give myself breaks in between big, explosive, expansive dance parties to be with myself and be in the sensation of sadness, grief, release that was actually occurring in my heart. And so I noticed again, the contrast between the moments where I would be feeling that and try to like press it down to keep up with the momentum of the group and how, when I would do that, it reduced my flow. It reduced my magnetism. It reduced my excitement. It reduced the ease with which I was experiencing Burning Man as a whole. And so that was my first signal. Oh, you're out of flow. You're out of the alignment with life and with yourself, which it makes there no real point of continuing to try to keep up with the momentum. If I'm out of alignment with myself, if I'm not connected with myself, because as soon as I would do that and lose connection with myself, I would feel like I'm losing connection with all of life. So I wasn't enjoying the experience as much. As soon as I recognized that I took myself out of the game, which was ironically the thing that put me back in the game. So The way I took myself out of the game was just to notice, oh, I'm not feeling connected. There's some sensation in my heart that hurts and feels painful. And what I actually need is not more male attention, is not attention from my friends, is not to be seeking or in a momentum of anything. It's actually to go back to RRV, be in my own space, allow my nervous system to relax and journal. And I brought my tuning fork, work with my heart and take time to be with myself. And so I got to gift myself that. And so as soon as I did that and really gifted myself, my own time and attention, everything shifted. I noticed that suddenly like groups of friends would just come to my RV and come in and the energy would just come into my own vortex. I was able to release a lot of heartbreak energy. So in those first couple of days, there was this release of grief, which made space for me to receive more of myself. My sense of worth and value and self-trust increased because I was valuing myself enough 
to give myself what I need without the need for it to come from anyone else or anywhere else. And as soon as that started occurring, I just naturally had more energy to be out in the adventure and in the flow. So I would say that was the first couple days of the burn. So let's say it's the first one third of it. Now we enter into the second third. I started to experience higher levels of flow and expanse. I went to, there was a certain moment where I went to the temple in the morning and just gave myself permission to be on my own adventure. And I noticed during the burn that, and I remember guys, this is a microcosm of life. When I would listen deeply and not get so focused or fixated on the momentum of everyone else, but just listen to my own momentum, my own truth, I would experience the highest levels of flow, the highest levels of magic, the highest levels of synchronicity. I go to the temple. This is actually still in the earlier stage of the burn. I'm experiencing some of that release of heartbreak energy. So I go to the temple on a pilgrimage of my own. And I'm there to write a letter and just release what has been to receive what is. And this massive whiteout comes in where to the point where you literally can't see anything further than like six feet in front of you. And the temperature of the temple is very sacred. People are writing letters to their lost loved ones. There's a silence there, which is rare to find on the playa. It's a very reverent environment. and so. I'm looking at the walls and seeing these letters that are written to loved ones lost, the full range of it, like incredible murals and portraits that people made before the burn to bring specifically for the temple and witnessing and reading these tears are streaming down my face. It's just pinging the whole spectrum of the grief and the sadness that I was already feeling. And I decide to sit and I find a corner to sit. And this temple is massive inside the massive field that is Burning Man, 70,000 humans there. And I sit down and I look to my left and one of my best friends on the planet is literally sitting right next to me on her own solo adventure. And we get to just drop into this deep space of sharing, of reconnection, of feeling the alignment and the resonance and the harmony that both of us that connects what each one of us are going through and have this gorgeous time together amidst this whiteout in the temple. And it was all a function of listening to my own truth, saying no to a you know group momentum and saying yes to the truth of my own moment. Again, really feeling how I am choosing to integrate this in my own life outside of the burn. What's the point of any ceremony? If you're not going to actually integrate, take the time to listen to, reflect upon, and integrate as a practice the lessons that you learn. So this flow kind of just continued to increase from there. Now we're in the the second third of the burn where I'm experiencing deep connection with myself that really reverberated out into every connection that I had with others and the whole flow of the burn. Now, I got to spend a lot of good time at the burn with two of my best male friends. One of them I was sharing an RV with, and another one is has been one of my best guy friends for many, many, many years. And so the three of us spent a lot of time together, and it was really healing for me because I got to see and really let it land that 
my sensation and experience of support and safety that is provided by the masculine within myself and coming from outside of myself is not contingent upon romantic relationship needing to be present in my life. I received an enormous amount of reflection, adoration, support, tracking, care, love. There wasn't one second that I didn't receive that throughout the entire arc of the burn from the men in my life. And that was a really powerful repatterning for me because it repatterned the part of me that had any need to like seek out or look for or felt a need or a lack around romantic partnership being present in my life. I felt actually blown away by the presence of the masculine in my life in the form of friendship, in the form of potential intimate connections, in the form of my own masculine lead, which in order to trust my own masculine lead, I needed to first let go of the need to follow the momentum of others in order to feel safe and learn how to feel fully safe within myself. That is my own masculine lead. I created a container for myself to trust my own lead. So the masculine presence of care and support and engineering and leadership was so present in my life. And I found that to be very powerful. So I'd go out on adventures with the family, with my dearest friends. And the first, you know, couple nights of this second third of the burn, I noticed that my energy at a certain point, you know, what would normally be considered late, but a burning man is not late. Like at like 1am or 2am, I felt like, okay, I feel complete. I didn't feel like I wanted to make an all night experience out of that middle part of the burn. So again, I kept following my own lead, following my own flow. I want to talk about mechanics of flow here. When we are not in flow, when we're out of flow, you'll notice that your energy is dipping. You'll notice that things feel harder. You'll notice that there's like an energy of effort that you're in effort or in trying. And that indicates you've come out of alignment with yourself, with your truth, with life. And then step one, when you notice that is first of all, just to accept it not to resist it, not to try to change it, because then you're efforting over effort. You're already in effort to try to find something, to force something, to look for something, to follow after something that is actually not in alignment for you in that moment. So if you notice that you're out of flow and then you start trying to get back into flow or efforting to get back into flow, you're just trying not to try. You're efforting over effort. So don't do that. So notice, just notice, oh, I've, it's feeling challenging. Things aren't flowing the way I would like for them to. So I'm going to pause and just accept where I'm at right now. I'm going to pause and accept where I'm at right now. And beyond acceptance, can you embrace it? Can you then celebrate the fact that you became aware that perhaps you weren't aware that you were out of flow? And as soon as you become aware that you weren't aware that you were out of flow, you're now aware that you're out of flow, which deserves a celebration and which deserves acceptance and ease. And these are now you're starting to call in energies that are conducive to re-engaging the flow, effortlessness, ease, trust, acceptance, surrender, embrace, 
These are all energetics that you can apply when you recognize, oh, I've lost it for a minute here. So that's exactly what I did. I would notice, okay, it's starting to become challenging. My energy is starting to dip. I'm going to accept, I'm going to embrace, and now I'm going to celebrate that I'm aware that I'm going to shift momentum here and actually receive what I desire in this moment and then reorient, which happens through listening. So then the next step after that is just listen, listen, and ask the question, what is it that I really need the most right now? And so an example for me, when I noticed, okay, I'd have a rocking time dancing. I'm enjoying it. It's like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And now I'm starting, my energy starting to dip, but all my friends, well, I can't say all, a lot of my friends are still out and rocking and in a party flow and wanting that to continue. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually going to track right here. My system is ready to decompress. My system wants to go in a different direction. So I listened, I listened. As soon as I listened, I was able to redirect my energy. So I would own it, say goodbye to my loved ones. And I headed back to camp through the listening. Just that's what I'm going to do. And as soon as I get back to camp, I arrive into a fireside medicine music jam session with some of the most prolific musicians that I'm surrounded by at the camp I was camped at. So I get to just settle into this fireside jam session. And it was, incredible. And by the way, the day I'm describing earlier in the day, I was asked to participate in a drumming ritual that opened up the sock bay, which is where I was camping and Mayan warrior collaboration, which essentially was a ritual to open the space and bless the land before Mayan warrior came out. And this incredible dance initiation occurred where we were blessing and opening the playa, the space where Burning Man is happening for the experience that we all get to have. And so I got to drum amongst 10 other professional musicians with the woman who opens moon dance in front of thousands of people to really hold that space and hold that drum beat. And that felt like such an honor to me. So this is now fast forward later that day, I get back to camp. It's early in the morning, late in the morning, however you want to frame it. And now I'm resting by the fire, surrounded by family feeling again, my magnetism goes up because I'm in my own flow, feeling super connected to myself, to others and listening to medicine music until I felt like it was time to go to sleep when a dear brother who created an incredible steam bath at our camp, that feels like a, a true authentic steam bath. Like it looks like an igloo and it looks and feels like a, almost like a Temescal, but I wouldn't have thought of it that way until I had this experience. He recommends, he's like, oh, before you go to bed, Z, you need to try this steam bath. And so I was like, okay, I didn't think of that, you know, at Burning Man, but I'm down. So I went and get my towel and I come back around to go in the steam bath. And when I come around to go into the steam bath, now it's like, again, like two, three in the morning. And I hear chanting inside the steam bath and I walk inside the steam bath and it's the woman who opens moon dance, the woman who an indigenous sister who holds a deep medicine and her entire team who opened up this Mayan warrior sock bay ritual that I got to drum with earlier in the day. She's inside the steam bath chanting in ritual with her entire team and the steam bath metamorphosized into what felt like 
a multi-door Temescal into the early hours of the morning. So when I didn't have energy for the flow, I didn't think I was going to be up until the like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. zone. But it turns out that when I actually clicked into my own flow and arrived into an experience where it felt surreal to me, it was exactly where I wanted to be. I felt so energized by it. I got to sing music and songs that I've been putting energy into learning along with artists that I respect so much that are all in prayer, all in ritual, all in the cleanse together. Then I wanted to stay up. I went timeless. And so I get to have this incredible experience. And, and through that, there was an invitation to attend a vision quest next spring, to attend moon dance next year. And these incredible opportunities birth themselves out of the simplicity of noticing when I came out of my own flow, accepting that, embracing it, celebrating the awareness, being willing to shift trajectories, and then listening to, well, what's true now without needing to know what that even looks like. What's true now, the listening simply looked like, oh, what's true now is going back to camp. I didn't know that I'm going back to camp because there's a fireside jam that wants to happen because there's a through the wee hours of the morning to mescal that wants to happen because there's a vision quest invitation and a moon dance invitation. I didn't know that that's why I'm going back to camp. I just knew that there's a precision around recognizing where the flow shifted for me, which is not the same as the flow for all. But the irony is when you do follow the flow for yourself, it serves the all. Because if I would have stayed out of alignment with my own flow in the momentum of the group, it would have created a drag on the energy because I'm somewhere I don't really want to be. So my energy isn't adding to the group and the group energy isn't adding to me. But when I shift into my own listening and follow my own flow, it added to the group, it added to myself, it added to the new group that I formed when I went back home to camp. It adds to everything. So what's true for you, what's best for you, is true for all, is best for all. Always, always profound. It's the deepest, it's the, an incredible, incredible listening, incredible listening. And so there's a lesson in this that I recognize to be the willingness to let go of what you think you need, of what you think it's supposed to look like. Always let go of control is always connected to your capacity and your ability to receive everything. And that comes from the small moments, like the ones I'm describing, which perhaps relatively seem small, but they're also not. These are big moments. So the letting go of the idea of what I think it's supposed to look like, the idea of how I think the night's supposed to go, the attachment to being with who I think I'm supposed to be with for the rest of the night, and just being in the unknown, allows me to receive everything I'm meant to. And then you expand it all the way up to the biggest, I imagine multi-billionaires, if they have not cultivated the capacity on the way to that multi-billion life experience, you can be surrounded by multi-million dollar home, all of the accoutrement, all of the friends and the experiences and the cars and the stuff But if you haven't cultivated the ability to let go of it, if you're so identified with it that without it, you don't know if you would be okay and you don't know who you are, 
at a subtle level or sometimes not so subtle level, you cannot actually receive and appreciate what is there because the attachment to it, the need to preserve it, the fear of losing it, whether it's conscious, semi-conscious or totally unconscious will drain your ability to actually appreciate it. I don't care how much of it you have and how secure it seems, how much of an illusion you've built yourself into that this is safe, this is mine, I am safe, we are safe. There's still at a semi-conscious or subconscious or even conscious level, a need to preserve it, a need to hold on to it, a need to work for it. And that is not the highest level of receiving an appreciation that a human being can experience. And so as I have over these last couple of years gone through initiation after initiation of my own, that if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you can tune into pretty much any of the earlier solo episodes, including the last one to get more of a dose of what my journey of letting go of literally everything in my known universe multiple times over the last couple of years has looked like. But I appreciate as painful as that has been and scary as that has been, I appreciate it so much because now I can speak to you with the integrity that I am that says, before I went through losing everything in my known universe, I had the ocean view home overlooking a cliff in the Palisades with the community that I love and a city that I felt safe in and secure in, a service that felt true for me, everything that I thought I wanted and needed, but I hadn't gone through the initiation of losing all of it. So I was preserving it. I was holding on to it out of fear and I couldn't really truly appreciate it. And it's only through my experience of actually letting it go. And guys, this goes be my experience so far has been that I knew this. I knew what I'm saying right now then, but it was only at the level of concept in my mind. It made sense, but it wasn't embodied. So my experience has been that you actually have to go through the lived experience consciously on some level of releasing that which you thought you needed to know your worth, your value, your safety, your sanity. And resurrect yourself on the other side as secure, as safe, as sane, as worthy. In order to embody, that means without effort, there is an embodied knowing. There's a gnosis that has occurred. Where your system just knows that in the no matter whatness of life, you will be okay. And that you are worthy. And that life is always happening for you and through you as you. And that when one form changes, another form will resurrect itself as love expressing itself in your life. And when we let go of our attachment to the form and what that form has to or needs to look like so that we can feel okay, that's what appreciation feels like. That's what safety feels like. That's what the life the foundation of the life that you truly dream of and want to create can happen. That's how the foundation of the life that you truly dream of and want to create can happen. What I'm saying does not mean that we don't get to have the dream house, the dream relationship, the dream community, the dream service, the dream everything that we desire and what we're here for that supports our dharma. Of course. We all get to have that. 
That's our dream. That's our desire. That's our truth. I believe that's our birthright. Dream, dream actually kind of puts it far away. It, it makes it something that's outside of us that we have to get to or effort toward. So I want to actually change that language. I feel that what I'm describing is our birthright. And the achievement of it can often look like the loss of what you thought it you needed to have in order to make it happen so that when it does happen, you can actually appreciate it. You can actually participate rather than preserve. Like feel that again. When it does happen, the relationship that feels like your true life partner, when the home that is your highest vision manifest crystallizes into form, when your dharmic expression is moving through you effortlessly, when you're surrounded by your true soul family, when it is built on the foundation of an embodied knowing that you are worthy, safe, sane, and whole with or without it, you can truly participate in your life, in everything that you've created, rather than perform and participate, like perform, try to participate, but actually be preserving. Preserving it, holding on to it, efforting for it, trying to be the version of yourself that won't lose it. From an evolutionary perspective, the version of yourself that won't lose it is the version of yourself that's actually not afraid to lose it. It doesn't mean that you don't prefer, that you prefer not to lose it, of course. Of course you prefer not to lose what you love. Fuck, you know, I don't want to bypass how challenging as an understatement, it's more than challenging to lose what we love. We don't want to bypass how painful it is to lose what we love. And we will. Life is impermanent. We all have to learn that lesson. So let's not bypass that we don't prefer to lose what we love. Right? But to have the fortitude and the muscle and the knowing that if we do and when we do, when the form changes inevitably, that we will have the resources within ourselves to be okay, to get through it, to become stronger through that initiation. Then we can really appreciate all that is here while it's here. Then we can really participate in all that is here while it's here. Then we can be who it is that we are, arm in arm, without attachment and clinging with all that's here while it's here. And so I really got to learn that lesson again and again, not only at Burning Man, but again at Burning Man around the willingness to let go of my ideas and attachments to what I think it should be or look like in order to almost instantly receive everything that I didn't know it should be and look like. And that felt like such a gift on so many levels. 
So as I'm in this experience at the burn, I also got to make a, now we're going into the last third. (laughs) This is where I felt like I had landed in my experience. I had fully received myself. There was, you know, a couple of evenings, one I just described and another one where I came home a little early. And then basically my whole group walks into the RV later at, you know, 2, 3 a.m. And we end up talking until sunrise. So ultimately, exactly the experience I needed to have just kept coming to me as a function of doing what my heart really needed in every single moment and making a careful study of that. So now we go into the last third of the burn and I'm feeling on fire. I'm feeling lit. I'm feeling solid. I'm feeling connected. And in this space, when we feel connected to ourselves and to our truth, magnetism rises. And so I experienced light connection with a a couple of men at the burn. And so again, this is the first time I'm kind of taking this vehicle that I've become over the last five years of deep relationship out for a ride. You know, like I said, there was only three months between my last two relationships. As soon as I got over the grief of the one that was nearly four years and took it, my vehicle from that relationship out for a ride, I met my most recent partner and then we were together for a year. So I'm now again, just entering the phase where, okay, I'm open to connection. And so it's so cool to feel like, okay, who have I become through this time? So I I start to experience again, And this time it's not bringing up the griefy heartbreak feeling because I did a big purge in the beginning of the burn. So again, this is meeting whatever's true in the moment as the moment rises. So I'm feeling open to connection and I'm experiencing these light connection with a couple different men, which to me looked light. It looked like we were, we were having incredible dances together. And one of them crossed the playa and unexpectedly surprised me in our RV with like candy and gifts. And it was like such a pattern interrupt and I totally wasn't expecting it. And then we ended up going out together that evening with a whole group of friends. And we went to like this place where we had a first, where we we all danced together and then everybody parted ways. And he ended up finding me again at an art car during the burn, which there's like 10,000 people there. It's crazy how many humans there are. And I'm shocked that anyone could find anyone there, but he found me and I appreciated that so much. And it just felt so fun to like feel that connection. And so we went to a gathering, a party to see Eduardo Castillo perform. And we went there together all in a big group. And again, I feel this like masculine attention and this, this connection, which is new for me after so many years of being in relationship. And it was so fun to just kind of dance in that. So at a certain point in this performance, and again, these are just light connections, but these I'm sharing this from the field of lessons in dating, lessons in dating. and. This brother ends up heading out to get something from his bike. And again, guys, there's like, I don't know, inside of this experience, there's probably 700 people or something like that. It was huge, like packed like sardines inside this show. So he leaves to go get something off of his bike. And within like 30 seconds of him leaving, I turn around and there's another brother that I had shared a really beautiful dance experience with the day before. And we also, you know, just shared a light connection. And so 
he appeared and what are the odds of that in a room of seven, 800 people <laughs> that this one guy that I connected with is right behind me the second the other one leaves. So then we start dancing and I'm having this experience of what does it look like and what is actually the most appropriate way to navigate this experience of being in light connection with two men that I just met, right? And having them both be present at the same time. And so the other one who I'd been with most of the night didn't come back for like an hour and a half. And I had no idea why, but I just stayed in the connection that was present. And then it's just time for us to leave. So my group, I was with about a small group of like six people. We decided we're going to roll out. And again, I invite the second guy that came up and we all go out to the outside of the playa and we're about to roll out together. And my heart felt this sensation of like, wait, this doesn't feel right. I need to just go in and give it one circle around to let guy number one know that we're all leaving because we had been traveling all together that day. So I gave it a shot and I found him pretty quickly. And when he told me he had been looking for us for about an hour and a half and he probably just couldn't see because the other guy was really tall. And so I found myself in this moment of, you know, how do I handle this? Like, how do I handle this? These are both really good men and incredible brothers, conscious, kind, caring. And these are both light connections, just like playful, flirtatious, dancey connections. But how do you handle that? And so this was a lesson for me in like, dating, but everything's amplified at Burning Man. So this is the way that I handled it. I shared with him directly that when he left, another man came right behind me and we didn't plan it or orchestrate it, but there he was. And we're also sharing a light connection and that he's going to be rolling out with us. And I wanted to share that transparently with him so that because I desire to connect with both of them, it's still really exploratory and light and playful. There's, you know, I was just open to whatever's true, but I wanted to give him full transparency so that he could make his own decision for the evening and what would feel the truest for him. And I felt like that's what I personally would have appreciated the most. And what he shared was, wow, that's so fun for you. And I appreciate this transparency so much. And he asked me how it felt for me to share that. And we got to have this really beautiful exchange around just being in a transparent space. And with that, he still chose, he sat with it and thought about it and he chose to stay. He chose to really respect his own full, full yes. And to him, it didn't feel like a full, full yes with the added variable of there being another man who had come in into the flow. And so that to me, I respected him in that decision so much. And so I went back out and we biked out. And what I realized after that is I actually started to feel in me, I started to feel, feel bad. I felt guilty. And I was making up the story that I had left him and that he had put in so much effort and energy on the front end of the day to like cross the playa, come to our RV, bring gifts and candy, you know, roll out with our crew, find, do put in the effort to find the art car I was on during the actual burn, roll with us to the next dance, look for me for an hour and a half. Like 
I really made up the story that he put in so much energy and effort and that he felt unappreciated. And that's why he didn't come. So I made up that story. So we go on for the rest of the night and that really like weighed heavy on me. And I wanted to go back and I wanted to see him and, and have an exchange where I could express that appreciation for all the energy that he just put in that I just described. And so later in the night, I did go back and I did see him again, which again, this was another lesson in flow because I couldn't find him anywhere when I went back anywhere. And I was looking. And if you feel into that, I bet you could feel where there's a sensation of effort in trying to look for one particular person in a sea of tens of thousands, right? So it's not, it just didn't happen. It wouldn't happen. And so at a certain point, I just, there was a a central fire at a spot called Playa Alchemist. And I decided to just sit by the central fire. And I was present for the like time period before that, that I need to stop looking because when I look at Burning Man, it's not going to happen. But I just couldn't figure out where the mechanism of that was. I noticed my system was, even though if I would dance or see other people, my system was still tracking for where is he? There was a, an expression that I wanted to have and I was attached to having it. And I was like, where is he? And I basically, for me, what needed to happen is I needed to just exhaust myself of that (laughs) tracking for it to just die. And so eventually it did. I like gave up. I really gave up. Even though before I was trying to give up, I still couldn't do it. If you recall what I said earlier in the podcast, you can't add more trying when you're already trying. You can't try to try not to look or try not to effort anymore because that's what I did. I tried to try not to look and it, it just amplifies the trying. So eventually it just exhausted itself. I let go finally just through my system kind of actually giving up. So you can't fake it. My system actually just was like, okay, like fuck it. I'm not going to see him. I gave up. And I sat down by the central fire and I'm just chilling there. And I decide I'm just going to have an experience with the fire and just be in the alchemy of the moment with myself, fully present with myself. And within like 30 seconds, there's a parting in the humans that were like across the way. And there he goes, walks right between the two people where there's a parting, looks to his left. And there I am sitting right by the fire. We make eye contact and he just walks directly over to me and we get to sit by the fire and I'm just like wow so there's a combination here lessons in flow lessons in dating all wrapped up into one so he comes and sits down next to me and we have a really beautiful exchange a really beautiful conversation where I got to be in the vulnerability of the experience that I had and what had been coming up for me and really express my appreciation for the way he showed up that day and I was also projecting my own feeling of what I thought that I would feel like if I had put that much energy into my a connection with a guy. And then he came around and told me there was another woman in the mix he was connecting with. And I projected, I overlaid my own idea of how I would feel about that onto him. So I was feeling bad about it, but only from my idea of what I thought I would feel like. But what I'm realizing is in dating and light connection and just kind of meeting someone at a place like Burning Man, I'm even making up an idea 
about how I might feel in that situation, because the truth is, I don't even know how I would feel in that situation because it didn't happen the other way around. And so his reflection to me was really powerful in that for him, he actually felt a lot of compersion. He felt happy for my happiness. He genuinely felt like, wow, that's fun. Like he really meant it when he said, that's fun for you. Like, how does that feel for you? Is that like, this is fun. He was curious and interested. And also he could be curious, interested and feel like that was fun for me without being attached and also tuning into his own full fuck yes, which shifted based on the moment that I was having, which I get, right? It shifted with another brother being in the space and there's only six of us going to bike out. And I can't even make up the reason why it shifted for him to still come out, but it did. And he could honor that for himself while also genuinely being happy for me and being open to reconnecting with me later in the night, whenever, if ever we saw each other again, which we did. And so I felt like that was a really powerful pattern interrupt for me. This guy was like such a pattern interrupt for me the whole day from coming into the RV with candy to this experience. This conversation was like a pattern interrupt for me of realizing where I was making up the story about how he would feel and projecting how I thought I would feel onto how he must be feeling. And the truth is he wasn't feeling that way. He also shared that he wasn't feeling that I didn't appreciate him at all. He shared that, you know, all the ways that he showed up on the front end of that night and that day were out of pure inspiration and joy that it felt good for him, that he was not in any state of effort, that he didn't experience it as like putting in a bunch of effort and that he didn't get something back when he was looking for me for that hour and a half. He was still like having fun and connecting and like he got on the stage to look for us, but was still dancing and having fun. And he wasn't in a state of seeking, searching or effort. He was just in the flow of, oh, like looking for me, but it wasn't hard for him. And he didn't feel a lack of appreciation. So I also made that story up and I thought it was so beautiful to get to integrate this experience and see when it comes to dating now and like connecting, there are areas where I, especially in like very early moments and very early stages, I get to look at where like, you know, I might have an idea that I need to like take care of or be responsible for the feelings of a man in an early stage and have an idea that in the other direction, that man might somehow need to take care of my experience or feelings in a certain way. And I got to really let a lot of that die and feel into what's actually true here. And what I've got to is that my willingness to be transparent and to be honest and to be real is the main event. And so when it comes to connection, it's about meeting what's actually true and alive in the moment for me and being open and not getting ahead of anything, but also not repressing or hiding or pretending something's not happening that is, but bringing forth radically honest, transparent, vulnerable communication, which is what I did. And it gave this brother the opportunity to choose his own adventure, to choose his own timeline. 
And now I got to learn that I can do that without feeling bad about it. I can do that and feel really good about bringing transparency, about bringing care, and that there's nothing wrong with being in a space of openness and availability to connection in a place like the playa, a place like Burning Man will amplify situations where you need learning. And like I said, in the beginning of the episode, this does not need to only happen on the playa at Burning Man. You can create containers for yourself so that you can experience an emergent field where life will organize itself in precisely the way that will allow for your deepest lessons to come forward in an obvious way. So for me, as someone who's always been more monogamously, devotionally oriented to be single for the first time in five years and and be experiencing like light connection or like dating energy with more than one person and have them both synchronize into my space within minutes of one another, one leaves and the other one's just there, which is completely out of my control and was organized by the emergent field of the playa. That became the perfect dojo for me to practice. Oh, is this okay? How do I navigate this? What does it look like to be honest and transparent with both parties? Where am I putting more weight on this than is actually appropriate for the nature of what these connections are at the moment? And where am I putting actually the very appropriate amount of respect and integrity and care for the hearts of everyone involved into the equation? And so this was a powerful opportunity for me to receive my capacity to navigate with integrity and care a moment like that and and respect it, you know, where it's a unique situation to be leaving and all riding bikes out together where it's different. I think if you're just in a dating space and dating someone and a couple people on different days of the week or different times, or you're at different events and you connect with different people at different events, but it's a little different when they both organize into the same space in the same room around the same time within a minute of each other. And then they both potentially are going to ride bikes out with a small group of six. It's like, wow, that really organized a situation. It required me to learn how to meet that with a lot of care and integrity. And it's different than what I'm used to, which is this is my partner. This is the container that I'm in. This is how I show up in that. It was like a new experience for me to show up with the same level of reverence and care that I would in a committed partnership, but also hold it lightly enough to be able to get these lessons and actually see, oh, wow, wow, I handled that really beautifully. And the part that was off or in the shadow for me was only the stories I was making up about it, the stories I was projecting about how the other person would feel. And I think it's really important to give everyone that's new that you meet in your life, the grace of getting to know who they are and learning how different everyone really is and how differently everyone is really wired. Because just because this particular man is wired to experience strong compersion and actually didn't take it personally, he was giving without expectation. That's so beautiful. That doesn't mean that every person that I might connect with is also wired with that level of compersion. Someone else might have appreciated it even more, you know, if I would come with more appreciation for how they showed up. There's just, I imagine, and I'm learning, I'm speaking from the field, varying degrees of all of that 
based on the wiring and the life experience of each individual that you meet. So what I'm leaving with is just how important it is to bring transparency, vulnerability, courage, care, and follow through into each connection that you make because the follow through part on the back end that's where i learned the most because i was i'm good at transparency but i got to see where i was feeling guilty unnecessarily so i got to really witness oh wow this is an archetype of a being that i wouldn't have realized is who he really is if I didn't bring forward that conversation. So that was really powerful. And all of this is also continued lesson in flow, in synchronicity, and the way life is showing up in the emergent field over and over and over again. And by this time in the week, this was the burn night. So it was Saturday night. It was like the last night of the week. I just shared a huge arc of how the burn went for me. By this point, I was in total surrendered flow. So the way that life was organizing itself was just in this high emergent, moment to moment, being met by the moment in its fullness experience. And so I experienced deep lesson and also high flow on that evening. And that, my loves, is all I feel to share. I think that's enough and a lot and good medicine to integrate from my, you know, harvest from this particular Burning Man experience. And I feel really grateful for it. I'm still letting it all settle. I'm still letting it integrate because my intention is to really let all of this expansion land so that I walk with it in my day-to-day life. And I already feel it integrating into my day-to-day life based on what's been occurring since I've been back here in Topanga. So perhaps I'll share more about that on a future episode. I'm so grateful for the way each one of you opened up to receive my transmission today. I'm sending all of you love straight from my heart, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, The best place to start is by visiting zaharazimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at zaharazimring and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart, leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.